You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, I'm going to talk about household salvation this morning. I'm speaking about a subject that's confusing for some, especially if you have a loved one and you've been praying for them for years and they're still not saved and you're wondering, Lord, what about this verse? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved in your household. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will make this word real to our hearts this morning. I pray, Lord, that you will take away all of the confusion. And Lord, that we will be filled with faith, believing for our families that are still not into the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Our text teaches us that if we believe God for salvation for our souls, we will be saved. The same condition applies for a household, for our family members. This is the will of God for the whole family, that the whole family would be saved. Understanding what the Bible teaches concerning general salvation is essential to understanding what the Bible teaches concerning household salvation. We know that there is only one way to the Father, Jesus Christ. Amen? John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. My sons have to come through Jesus Christ. Not through me, through Jesus Christ. My daughter, the same thing. My grandsons and my granddaughters, the same way. We also know that the command to believe is directed to individuals. And the act of believing is an individual action. Each one of us must make a personal decision to follow Jesus Christ. Our personal relationship with Jesus Christ can bring hope for our family members. When they see the change that has taken place in my life, when they see the hope that I have, when they see the joy and the peace of God that passes understanding that I experience and that exuberates from me, it causes them to want it as well. This is is important when it comes to correctly understanding the concept of household salvation because it helps us to focus on the fact that salvation can only come through an individual believing in Jesus Christ. It's not something that father can do for a son or a daughter. or a person can do for a spouse. If one family member receives Jesus into their life, it does not guarantee any other member of that family will be saved. I want you to understand that because a lot of times we're standing on that promise. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your household. We know, we all know, we probably all have family members brought up in the same household, 
taught the same styles, the same lifestyle of serving God, believing God, and believing the Bible. And one serves God faithfully and another dies without ever experiencing the joy of sins forgiven. If one family member believes and receives Jesus in their heart, they can be positively influenced to consider spiritual things. We often see it happen when one person gives their heart to the Lord, somebody else, a brother, a sister, a father, a mother, comes to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, and it goes on and on, and sometimes whole households do come to know Jesus as their Savior. We believe that if we ask God to save our families, we believe that God will save them if they will call upon him. God don't twist anyone's arm to serve him. Just because I pray doesn't mean that God is going to force my children to serve God. They must believe upon him and ask him for forgiveness. But our testimony of a changed life, living that changed life in the home, can be a great means of influencing them to want to serve the same God that I'm serving. I am key to the salvation of my household, and so are you for yours. My life should demonstrate the new creation in Jesus Christ that has taken place in me. Sometimes a whole family will come to church from the time they are infant until they get old enough to say, for themselves, I'll, I'm going to keep going to church or I'm not going to church anymore. And during that time that we have our children with us, that is where we have the great opportunity to bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Parents don't ever, don't ever make the mistake of feeling that just because your children are coming to church with you, even when they become teenagers, that they've got a real personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When they're in your home, the younger they are, the greater the opportunity you have to share Jesus with them. This change in me becomes salt and light to my unsaved family members. This prepares them for Holy Spirit to move upon them in such a way that they are convinced of sin and desire to come to God. They will see their need of a Savior and of their own free will will call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. And so my first point today is Connection is a key word here at Colet Community Church. The church is made up of groups of people connected to Christ and to others. The church is a God-ordained function where we become disciples of Christ. And the children grow in that from year to year until hopefully 
when they come to an age of accountability where they can make the decision for themselves, they decide to live for Jesus. The church is a way for Christian followers of Christ to stay connected to Jesus and to each other. Our mission here at Colette Community Church is empowered by the Spirit. We will share God's love everywhere. And that includes in our own homes as well. The church is a place where people can begin a relationship with Christ and with each other. A place where we can all get discipled and taught the word of God. A place where we can gather support and encouragement from each other. Its foundation is Jesus Christ, and he's the wise and the master builder. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And this is where families connect. It's where families can have a common faith built upon the promises and the precepts of God's word. He's not talking about buildings. He's talking about people. Build it together. One body, one heart and soul dedicated to Jesus Christ. The church is commissioned to go, but too often we place emphasis on come. We build our buildings, we plan our programs, and wait for them to come. But they're not going to come unless we invite them. Unless we share God's love in the marketplace and on the job. If you decide to fit in with the guys at work who are not born again, and you live like they do during the week when you're with them, they will never see Jesus in you. There's got to be a difference. The things that you have, have found to be foundational in your life as a born-again believer, the change that has taken place in you needs to be seen with the people that you rub shoulders with. Oh, you don't have to be a Bible thumper. You don't have to be quoting scripture, scripture at them all the time. But the life you live in front of your family at home, in front of the people that you work with, and the way you conduct yourself when the cashier wrongs you a few cents change is very important. A very important testimony of what Christ has done in your life. We need to be reaching out, inviting people to come to get connected. We gather in our buildings to be equipped for ministry. And a morning such as this, something that is said in this simple message that I have for you this morning, can be a means of if you're listening, if you're not daydreaming and thinking about what you got to do this week or, or something else, some problem that you're facing, you allow the Word of God to speak to your heart. It can help you. It can equip you to be on the straight and narrow. The church operates under four principles of Christ. First one is teaching. That means hearing the word of God 
This develops our faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing the word of God. When you hear the word of God, your faith develops. When you read the word of God, your faith is being developed. Drawing people to Christ, teaching does that as well. This is the process of connection. Discipling or training, exhorting, and encouraging comes from teaching. And that's what the church is about. Then the church is also about fellowship. You see, we need each other. No one is an island unto themselves. I need you, and you need me. And together, we can input into each other's life. So that as a body of believers, we become stronger in the faith. Then communion is a very important part of the body of Christ. With Christ and with each other, we break bread and remember what Christ has done for each one of us. There's something beautiful about once every month, the first Sunday of the month usually, that we come up forward and we take the bread and the wine, the juice, we go back to our seats, and then together we partake of the emblems of the broken body and the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And together we're reminded not only of what he has done for us, but we look around and all of these people share the same faith, the same communion that I do. We are a part of the body of Christ. This old song we used to sing one time, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood, joined ears with Jesus as we traveled his sod. I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. There should be something about Sunday that when we're going to be getting together with all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, that causes us to rejoice. And then there's prayer. Maybe I should have put prayer at the beginning. It's no less important. Prayer is a way that we communicate or connect with God. That's how we express to God what we feel. We express our emotion to him. What God has done for us, we're thankful. We share our need with him, either for ourselves or for someone else that we know is going through a difficult time. Praying as a body of Christ that we make an impact in our community, it connects us in purpose. There's power in prayer. I have never been so glad that I had people praying for me as when I had the heart attack. There were so many things that could have gone wrong and taken me out that day and in the couple of months that followed, that if people weren't praying for me, I could have been gone. But I happen to believe that we don't go until God says it's time. And the faithfulness of his people to pray for one another plays a great part in that as well. Praying that we would be in the will of God, praying for wisdom and direction in the many decisions that we have to make in life every day, praying for one another. 
And the corporate prayer is a powerful way of praying for difficult situations, praying for our community, praying for the church family, praying for revival in our individual lives. Because we're not going to touch hearts when we are cold and dry ourselves. And we need always to be seeking the Lord's face asking God to help us to get back to the old paths, to get back to what the Word of God says rather than what man is saying. It's so easy to follow the popular fad that's going through the land, and it breezes into the church like a hurricane every year. There's something new coming up, and everyone goes for that. But God designed that people would stick to the, the work of the ministry in their churches, in their community, so that they can be effective in our communities. But you know, the devil's plan, divide and conquer. And if he can scatter us out all over, the, all over Alberta, looking for the latest evangelist that comes true, looking for the latest healer that's supposed to be able to do some great miracles. And miss the fact that everything that God is doing in the land, he will do in the community. But God's people got to be together We've got to put our, our shoulder to the wheel and say, listen, I am going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to see where I can fit in to CLCC and do my part here in this community. We're not the only church in town, but we have a commission to do what God wants us to do as a group of people and to be together. Jesus is the great connector. He says, abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And that is the formula that God has for every congregation. Abiding in him and he abiding in us and we abiding together makes for a strong group of believers. And that works not only in the church but in the home as well. Household salvation, number two. Household salvation is in accord with the structure of God's creation. Family is God's creation plan. God said in Genesis 2.18, it's not good for a man to be alone. God ordained marriage and blessed the family as a unit. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. And that applies not only to the individual family, the father and the mother and the, and the children, but it applies to the church as well. As a body of believers, we are to be fruitful and multiply. An apple tree produces apples. An orange tree produces oranges. A grapevine produces grapes. Christians should be producing Christians. And every church in Alberta could double every year if everyone just won one person to the Lord. 
The children in a family are a part of the parents. There's a strong connection already built within families by our Creator. And when a person accepts Jesus into their lives, it sparks interest in other family members. You will notice that sometimes when a young man gives his heart to the Lord, maybe he's got three brothers, two sisters. There's one of those siblings that's very close usually to that person. And when that brother has given his heart to the Lord, that sister that loves her brother so much and admires him, she begins to see the change that has taken, in, taken place in his life. And she begins to say, I want to know what happened. I want what you've got. And it goes along like that. When a person accepts Jesus into their lives, it causes others to take note. We often see this repeated again and again in families. A family member makes a commitment to follow Jesus. They experience such a change in their lives that they want their loved ones to experience it also. Sometimes as new believers, uh, we make our family members angry sometimes because we don't use, we got a lot of zeal, but not too much wisdom at that point. But still, God honors that, and many people are saved. They begin praying for their family members, begin enlisting other members of the church to pray for them, and soon there's a turning to Jesus Christ. As more family members become born again, the united prayer on behalf of unsaved family members is increased multiple times. And there's power in prayer. But sometimes the hardest people to witness to is to the family. It's easier to witness to a stranger. And so many times we just leave our family alone. We say, well... I'll keep praying for them, and someday they'll come to the Lord. But we need to be evangelists in our own home with wisdom. You pray about it. You ask God for wisdom. You ask God for opportunities. It's amazing how many opportunities we, we miss every day because we're not asking for them. And if you, if you ignore opportunities long enough, you will become so hardened towards it, you won't even hear when the Holy Spirit tells you, this is a great opportunity. Of course, if you continue to let your light shine in your sphere of influence, you will also witness many other people, your friends, your neighbors, and your co-workers come to salvation as well. But I want to keep this message focused on family. God ordained families, and he wants to save families. So my last, third point is household salvation is patterned from heaven. Heaven is built on the family principle. The Bible speaks of heaven as a home. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. The Bible describes the church as a family. It states that the whole family in heaven and earth. God's people are called the household of faith. And we are taught to pray our Father in heaven. We see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, father, son, and grandson, all will all sit together in the kingdom of heaven. But there's more. Matthew 8, 11 says, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. 
many. The household salvation number, number four is taught in Scripture. This truth is found throughout the Bible. God's instruction to Noah. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Right from the beginning, God has shown that he, his will is not to save a man alone, but his whole family as well. So Noah proved his faith in God by following God's command. Hebrews 11:8 says, By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Notice that household salvation in the Bible included in-laws as well. The Passover in Exodus 12, God saved Israel that night by families. The father was to take a lamb for a house, sprinkle the blood on the doorpost of the house. Because of his obedience, his faith, the whole family would be saved. Joshua 2.12. No, first of all, Rahab. Uh, in Joshua chapter 2 is another example of family salvation. She was given the promise of salvation for helping the Israeli spies. And when they said, yes, we will save you, Rahab pleaded that the Israel commander would save her family as well. In Joshua 2.12, Now therefore, she says, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show, show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And do you know something? Rahab is spoken of in the Bible as a harlot. But Rahab is mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. You will find it in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. Joshua stands before Israel and says, Choose this day who you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua's statement of faith was that his household would serve God. How could Joshua make such a statement? Many of you here today, most of you, are parents. I'm sure he believed that God would honor his faith and obedience. He knew the, the seeds of truth that he had sown in the home would reap a good harvest. I want you to know that Joshua was limited in this vow, just as you and I are. You know what I mean, don't you? You can make a statement and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord to a certain point. And so, I, I, I got a quote from uh, a thing on the internet that's called God's uh, Gut Questions, a site. And it says this, When a Christian father posts a wall hanging, saying, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in his home today, he is proclaiming very much the same thing that Joshua did. Christian parents have a responsibility to make sure that what goes on in the home is honoring to God. 
and to exclude activities that are not. So you and I as parents, when the children are in the homes, as you will be in at this time. You will not bring this into the home. You will not bring alcohol into the house. Or maybe you will not smoke in the house. Or uh, you will not party, bring your friends in and party in the house. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord is a promise to do the best that we can to make sure that everything that takes place inside the home honors God. There comes a time when son or daughter leaves home. You have no control over that whatsoever. And then they must make the decisions that they want to make. And that's when you, you, you stand up on the, on the proverb that says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I know that the training that I got in my home kept me from doing a lot of things that I didn't do just because I was trained to do differently. I was trained to do better. We cannot force our family members to serve God, but we can live a godly life before them and pray for their salvation, and believe God to draw them unto himself. But each child must make their own decision when they will become a Christian. Cornelius, in Acts chapter 10, was a centurion in the Roman army, and he prayed for salvation, and God sent an angel with this message. So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up before me as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose name is Peter. He is lodging with Simon the tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. You note that. If you read the first part of that section, it says that his whole household were God-fearing. Not only Cornelius were God, was a God-fearing man, but his whole household was God-fearing people. And in Acts chapter 11, 11 verse 14, Peter, Peter's report to the Jewish uh, church council was this. An angel appeared to, to me, to him, and he said, uh, Peter will tell you how you and everyone in your household can be saved. God includes Cornelius' household because it is, he desires to save every person and every family who will pray to him for the forgiveness of sin. John 16, 316 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come now as I conclude. From the beginning to the end of the Bible, we see that God's expressed desire is to save whole families. Since Bible times, God has been honoring faith of men and women for the saving of households. Always it has been much prayer, a consistent Christian lifestyle, spirit-led con conversation that has produced 
the greatest results in the home. My view on household salvation is that each member of the household, upon hearing the gospel message, can be saved on one condition of having a personal faith in Jesus Christ. Acts 16.31 makes it clear that personal faith is the necessity, or the necessary condition for salvation. Acts 16.31, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved in your household. The same condition applies to me as to my household as well. My parents had a strong influence on my decision to follow Jesus. I admired my father for his faith in Christ, his devotion to God and his family. Our home was a, a safe haven, a sanctuary. I felt safe and loved in my home. My father taught me how to be a Christian. My, my, he modeled for me how to love my wife and my children, to show respect for authority. And my mother taught me how to be a Christian without being religious. Uh, I need to sit down with you and explain that one to you. When I arrived at a level of maturity where I had to take responsibility for my own family. I knew which road I was going to take. I wasn't serving God at the time. I was a backslidden Christian. But I was going to take a road. When I held my little son, who's bigger than I am now, in my arms and looked at him, all of the teaching that I got in my home and in Sunday school came back to me. And I realized what responsibility I had to bring this boy up to know the ways of God. It was a role that had already been modeled for me by my parents. And I chose Jesus. My decision to follow Christ has set my children and my grandchildren in a place of potential blessing. I say potential blessing because they have to choose to receive it. They have to make that choice. My dad and my mom were great Christians, but that could never get me into heaven. That helped me to make a, a, a conscious decision to serve God for myself. Each one of us have to make our own personal decision to follow Jesus, just as I have done. Don't wait to clean up your life before you come to God. If you're an addict, addicted to drugs or alcohol, the best chance you have of getting free is turning your life over to Jesus Christ and allowing him to come into your life and change you. You can't change yourself. You need help in that area. And God is the helper. So don't wait to clean up your life. If you're here today, and you know that there is something lacking in your life, then why don't you consider Jesus Christ? Maybe you've tried everything else. And you've got no satisfaction. Try Jesus. Maybe you say, well, sir, I've tried him a couple of times and I've failed. 
Try him again. Try him again. Learn what it means to surrender everything to him. As the songwriter says, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that you bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you strayed away from him? This is the morning when you can make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. You may be a son or a daughter, a father or a mother, a sister or a brother, a grandparent. God is for families. And you may just be the key to the saving of your household. If you need salvation, if you need to come to Jesus, come now. I want to pray with you. Let's everybody stand and sing. Hallelujah. As I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark cloud. And cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am, Thou wilt will welcome pardon cleanse relief because thy promise I believe O Lamb of God I come I come as I am thy love unknown. As the 
Father, we want to thank you that you are for families. You want to see every member of the family complete, that the family circle would never be broken, but be complete around your throne. Today, Lord, we have heard your word. I pray, Lord, that it will encourage us as fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers to have hope for those of our family members that are still without you. Lord, we know that you've got many ways. We know that although you will not force someone to serve you, you will bring many opportunities into their path while we pray to draw them into the fold. So let us be encouraged today that you're able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think in Jesus' name. Bless us as we go to our homes, as we fellowship with each other. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.